Welcome to No Ordinary Ordinary Women, Women. the podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women, the good, the bad, and the The batshit crazy. Hi, Rose. Hey, Lenny. How you doing? Good. Um, So we're recording a little early this week because Rose thinks that there's other things more important than our podcast. Always. So we had to push way up. It's Tuesday. So um, happy Tuesday um, to everybody. Well, it won't be Tuesday when they hear it, Lynn. It'll still be Thursday. That's right. Sorry. I take that back. I take it back. (laughs) You can't take it back. We want to remind you guys that we're still, still asking huge favors to go on Apple or Spotify, Google. uh, I think Apple's the only one that matters. Is it? Leaving a review on Apple, yeah. Yeah, but you still have to like it. I mean, you want it on Spotify, too. Yeah, Yeah. subscribe. So we need you guys to like and subscribe to um, our podcast. That would be fantabulous. Um, And and rate and and review it. Rate and review us. Five stars. I just just a little bit of information. I was going on trying to (laughs) trying to rate and review our podcast. And um, aside from my uh, typo, I it's not very it's not very easy to figure it out. I don't think like to figure out how to get to to review a podcast. So I think what I'm going to do tonight or tomorrow, I'm going to go I'm going to do a screenshot of where. Or instructions on where to go to rate and review. So, um, and we asked you guys to share with one friend last week, and none of you bitches did. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I said, slide into my DMs and let me know who you shared with, or let me know that you shared, and nobody did. Nobody slid. It was into like our crickets. DMs. Yep. I was like Bueller, Bueller, <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> so we'd love for you guys to do that. So anyway. So we want you guys to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at No Ordinary Women Pod, and on the Twitter at No Ord Women Pod. Please give us a shout out. Just say hi. Give us a little wave, middle finger. We don't care. Just say hi. We love interaction. Middle fingers for Lynn only. Yeah, no, that's for Rose. No. So how well, was your how was your weekend, Lynn? Um, Tell me all about it. Let me see. From start to finish. What I do, I wrote my story almost the entire weekend. Did you really? Yeah, I did grocery shopping, meal prep, um, and I did. I made D Ward's super yummy chipotle chili. Oh, or it's Dwart, I think is the way it's pronounced. Ed from D Ward. Oh, if you guys don't follow him, follow him. He makes some of the best food. Um, and I made steps, sweet savory and steps. Um, it was like a smoked sausage and pepper rice. Oh yeah, I thing. saw that. Oh my gosh, that was so good. That. That's a new recipe of hers. And oh, and I also made a breakfast casserole of hers that has phyllo dough on the top. It's egg and spinach, which I know you don't like, but it's yummy. I did all that, and then I worked my story and I cleaned the living daylights out of my house. Like I even dusted my walls. That's I crazy. I don't think I've ever dusted my walls. Well, I showed you, like in my bedroom, where like my ceiling fans on. There's like. Dust, oh yeah, there like was on a this lot of one dust. wall. Yeah. I don't understand why it's right there, but yeah, I keep looking at it when I'm laying in bed, and so finally I dusted it. So I did that and like vacuumed all my baseboards and did like the vents clean. Ugh, I love doing stuff like that. So yeah, so it was an exciting weekend, huh? It was really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was living on the edge, y'all. I was living on the edge. I love a clean house. And usually I only clean my house like that when I'm having company, but nobody's coming over, just me and Penelope. And so I just get to enjoy it. I lit some candles last night and just looked at my clean house. And I was like, oh, Oh, that's the best feeling. It is nice. I love that. And there's nobody to mess it up, which is even better. (laughs) Yeah, which isn't the case in my house. Yeah. So what'd you do, Rosie? Um, What did I do? You went oh, to a we birthday went, party. We went snow tubing. Oh, that's right. I took Charlotte and Lily, I mean, Charlotte and Joseph snow tubing. That was a lot of fun um, at Massanutten. And then we went to a birthday party yesterday on um, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And that's about it. How did um, Charlotte like the, the tubing? Was she, she nervous? She loved it. She was nervous. And she. Only for the most part until the la- very last ride, she went down with one of us because you can, like, connect your tubes. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, you'll, you'll be fine going by yourself. But yeah. she she wanted to go down with us. And she went faster. I think you go faster if there's more people, like the heavier you are. You go faster. Or the... But you go further if you're, you're light. If you're light, yeah. So Joseph would go, like, the fastest and the farthest because he's, you know, like, long and yeah. long and yank. Long. Long and Yankee? <laughs> long and Yankee. <laughs> Tall and lanky. Tall and lanky. That's what I was trying to say. Long I'm and like, Yankee. long and Yankee. Well, I don't know if I like that. That sounds. Um, uh, yeah, so he would go like super far and super fast. That's funny. Yeah. We went one time, I went with my friend Kathy. We went to um, Bryce. Ski res- a ski resort in Bryce, which was really fun. I forget the name of it, but um, it was it was the first time I'd ever been night tubing or snow tubing like yeah. that. And we had so much fun. And I was when I went by myself for some reason, and I feel like by yourself. No, like when I didn't go get, oh, like yeah, connect I with somebody saying, else. Yeah. When I like went down by myself, I was getting to the very bottom and like almost hitting the fence. Like for some reason by myself, and I was. I'm trying to think. I think I had lost weight then, but I still am an adult. I was never yeah, like right. thin, thin. Like I was. Yeah. But I was going to almost the point like I was hitting the fence, and then I was then I if I went down this one, I was hitting this bump and flying up in oh, the air and so landing funny. in a pile, and they were all cracking up. I was, <laughs> I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. <laughs> but when I went with somebody, I went just really fast, like you said, and just like yeah. stopped at the end. I and, really want to go skiing, but I was telling Lynn, I'm like, oh, I really want to get um, like a room up at Wintergreen and go ski, go skiing for my birthday next month or March. And Lynn's like, oh, I'll go with you, but I'm not going skiing. <laughs> I'm just not. A, I'm not a... And then I'm like, okay, Lynn can stay in the lodge and me and my sister can go skiing. So yeah. when I saw Christina, I'm like, Christina, I really want to go to Wintergreen for my birthday and get a room. And then we can do like a girl's trip and I we can go skiing. And she's like, I don't want to go skiing. <laughs> <gasps> Why? She said like a, her, a friend of hers just broke her clavicle skiing or something like that. And so she was like, yeah, I'm too old to do it. Christina has enough cushion. She's not going to break anything. <laughs> oh, my God. She's going to kill you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she does not. <laughs> she doesn't. I'm just kidding. I know that right now. <laughs> she's listening to this. She's going to get a nasty like, text message. <laughs> she's going to go, that fucking bitch. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, Christina. My sister does not have no. any cushion. No, she does not have any padding. She is a gorgeous, gorgeous. Well, I mean, even if she did, she'd be gorgeous. But she doesn't have padding. I'm just, <laughs> it's just fun to mess with her. Because you know she was like, I can see her face right now. And she was like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> so anyway, um, no, I just, I took skiing. This is funny. I took skiing in college. 
Did you? Yeah. As like a class? Believe it or not, when I went to college in Virginia Beach, I went to community college. I took skiing That's as so my funny. recreational course in Virginia Beach, where they don't. Where'd have, you go skiing? The highest point in Virginia Beach is is a is the old landfill. <laughs> um, that was when that was when Chris was a baby. Like Chris was like four, and we went skiing at Seven Springs in Pennsylvania, which is a great resort. And I had it was like a bunch of us. We had so much fun. That I mean, I was. We are all, all old enough to drink, and we were, like, just walking around the resort, drinking, and going from bar to bar. Where was Chris? And he probably stayed with my mom, or maybe oh. he was with his dad or something. But we, I had such a good time, but I ended up getting, I just could not get the hang of the skiing. Really? And we had a half day, and then a full day of skiing, and then we left the next oh, morning. Boy, or, or maybe we had, we got there at night, and we had a full day, and then a half day, and then left. But we got home late at night, and... um. I got sick. Like I was, we were on the bus. We had like a charter bus. And we were on a charter bus coming home from Seven Springs all the way to Virginia Beach. And I was so sick. Like I had a fever. I had the chills and I was shaking and um, oh, my whole body was aching. And I was on a charter bus, you know, just like oh, I just wanted worst. to be home. And yeah. I ended up having bronchitis, um, the flu, and pneumonia all at the same time. <laughs> oh my God. And I was so sick. Uh, no, not pneumonia. I'm sorry. Bronchitis, the flu, and strep throat. Oh, my gosh. And I was so sick. Like, I, could be- I couldn't swallow. I could barely talk. I could barely walk. And I wonder if the day before, I wasn't, like, I was kind of, my body was starting, and that's why I was, like, so frustrated yeah. with the skiing. Yeah. But Caitlin's coming here um, next week, and they all want to go skiing. And so I. Oh, so you're going to go skiing without me? So I know, but we're going. I swear to God, if you go skiing. (laughs) Caitlin's taking. Well, I'll let you know. We haven't haven't made the totally. (laughs) We haven't totally made the plans, but Caitlin's going to. um, Caitlin's going to teach Julia how to ski. Because, you know, that's what she does. Like, part time, she teaches kids how to ski. And I join. (laughs) And she's going to teach. She's going to teach Casey, too, because Casey's never skied either. So. I may go then, but the thing is, is that I don't have any of the clothes or anything. And so are I just, you picking your daughters over me don't again? Want to spend, I don't want to spend the money on the clothes. And oh all my that god, stuff. no! So it, yeah, the clothes are. Exp- I have the clothes, but because I have to look. Cute. When I was looking at the um, like the you have to buy like a lift ticket mm-hmm. and then rent all the equipment. It's so, it's expensive. so expensive. I know. <laughs> well, that's why I was saying I don't necessarily want to go yeah. if. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm gonna... Well, if you buy all the clothes and go with Caitlin, then you better just go with me, too. Yeah, I wouldn't be buying them. I'm going to be looking at Goodwill, you, girl. Why don't I'm... you just buy, borrow Chris's clothes? Chris is going skiing, too. No, my Chris. Oh. I just bought him some new some new pants because oh, he okay. didn't have any good ones. Well, we'll see. I'm going to, we'll see what it happens with, big on you, but... with, um, it also depends on how expensive it is when we decide to go, where we decide to go yeah. and everything. Because Massanutten is definitely cheaper than Wintergreen. And yeah. it depends on... How how it all works out, and then I'll let you know. Because if I enjoy it, I'll go back. I just don't. I've only been once. I went with Christina and Andy when I was like twelve, and I did not like it because it was so cold. And I was like, I just want to go inside and drink hot chocolate. Yeah. And um, but I've always wanted to go back, and no one will go with. <laughs> oh well, so maybe that for the be past the... like sixteen years, I've been trying to go skiing. And so no that one might be the me. best thing is if you come when we go. And then Caitlin can kind of give you pointers, yeah. too. See? Because Caitlin's going to teach Casey, so you can that would go, be too. Fun. Yeah. And then if we don't like it, we can just go get drunk in the lodge. Amen. And then your kids can drive us home. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, that's You're definitely invited when we go. I don't care. I mean, that's totally fine. So, But anyway, now that we're three hours into this and we haven't <laughs> talked about anything. Um, okay. I'm going right. first tonight. Are you sure? 
Yeah, you went first last time. No, I don't think so. You did. No. I did Tova, and then you did. did. I swear to God. (laughs) Swear to God. You did Tova first. If this podcast suddenly ends, it's because Lynn pissed me off, and I left. By the way, I've already finished my drink, so you better- Have you really? You better talk fast. Oh, we're drinking, um, just so you know. I made um, dark and stormies today, ginger beer and rum. But I improvised instead of using dark rum, which is much better. I used spice rum because that's all I had. And I, I wasn't going to dig on liquor store and get in dark rum. But I think it's yummy. Is that what a dark and stormy is? Just ginger beer and dark rum? Yeah. Oh. And lime. I've never had it before. It tastes really good. They're really pretty if they're in a clear glass. Our glasses are not clear because they it's like there's a line. It's oh, like really? dark. Yeah. It looks like a storm. Yeah. Are you going to go, Rose? God. I'm going to take a nap while you go. Is it okay? <laughs> I swear to God, if I see you closing your eyes over there. <laughs> Ready, set, go. I'm going to get a squirt gun. <laughs> a squirt gun. <laughs> Start yeah, squirting you. I'll just spit. I'll spit on you. <laughs> All right. Um, so Gemma Donahue was born October 24th, 1985. So she's like my age. And grew up in Berlin, Germany before her family moved to Mississippi in 1990 and then Missouri a few years later. Her father was in the military, so they moved around every f- about five years. Uh. Um, but she had a really good childhood. She was the youngest of three children. Her parents were super strict, but they like really loved each other because they only had each other because they moved so much. They didn't really have friends, yeah. you know, and because the parents were so strict that they they didn't like have many friends. So she can remember her dad kissing her mom good morning in the kitchen. And it was like just stuck with her. That's what she always wanted in Ew. her life. Not her dad kissing <laughs> She with her dad kissing her. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> then you're so inappropriate. She wanted a good relationship. Yes. A loving relationship. As you can tell, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Most likely it's not. Most likely not. Before talking about her. Um, so her mom hold, homeschooled her and her brother from second until sixth grade. And then she enrolled them in public school. And the children in public school were way more advanced than she was. And um, she felt like they were really, like, naive and they were kept in a bubble. And so she was didn't have good experience in school. In 1999, when she was 13, she was raped by a 21-year-old man. And when she told her mom, she begged her, like, not to call the police because she didn't want it to get out. And her mom, of course, did call the police. <gasps> oh, no. Because, I mean, of course she called the police. I know, but I, yeah, I, she didn't want to go through all that. Oh, yeah, I know she didn't. But, I mean, what do you do as a parent? I don't know. I don't know. Um, And the police were just like, oh, okay, like, we'll check it out. And then they couldn't, they said they couldn't find him. Like, they didn't really look into it very much. So Gemma's mom took things into her own hands and... She somehow found out where he lived and went to his house and sat in her car waiting for him outside. Yeah. And when he came out, she, like, gunned it and tried to, like, chase him down the street and tried to run him over. Nice. <laughs> and he jumped over, like, some hedges and ran off. That's what I would have done as a parent. Though. I know. You're like, what would you do? And I'm like, well, the things I do, I, I probably shouldn't say, but that's what I would do. That's what I would have done. So The, the police sheriff's... can't find you, but I will. Yeah, exactly. So the sheriff's department came out. Um, to her house and they're like well if you don't press charges against him he won't press charges against you and she's like F- or yeah she's like fuck off i'm still pressing charges like go ahead and press charges against me i'm still well, pressing she charges. did she physically hit him no he he ran off okay. but it could still be like attempted murder yeah. i would think 
Yeah, but he's not even injured. She could have just said that she had a spasm in her leg. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to talk to him. I, was just, I just wanted to talk. I just wanted to sit down and have a cup of coffee. Um, his mom, the the rapers, the rapers, the rapist's mom was the town mayor, and so <gasps> the police and prosecutors were like resisting investigating uh, and prosecuting him. Not my son. Yeah. Right. Uh. So. Um, I guess this got out and Gemma like experienced a lot of bullying and ended up leaving school because of it. And she totally blamed her mom because she's like, I told you not to press charges. I didn't want it to get out. I don't know how they knew the man, like, or if she was just like walking on the street and he raped her. I don't know what happened. There's, I couldn't find any information. Um, because the mom didn't know who it was, you know? Oh. Um, but then... The mom got, like, super protective and wouldn't let her out of the house, like, was doing background checks on everyone she came into contact with, wouldn't let her out of her sight, and it really fucked her up. Like, mama bear stuff. Yeah, like, over the top, which, I mean... I I mean, you can't blame her mother. I mean, I... That's tough. So... um, In 2007, a mutual friend introduced her to a guy named Javon, and... They hit it off. He was in prison at the time, but was being paroled. And her friend asked her if Javon could use her address as a, for his home plan. I guess, like, you have to have an address when you're getting out of prison. Wait a minute. I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I'm lost for a second. Too so late. Too late. She, she, her friend introduced her to somebody named Javon. Yeah. Who was in jail he at the time. He was in prison. And then the friend asked her if okay. Javon could use her address for his home plan. So I don't so know. So he was getting out, and so yeah, it was he like, was getting okay. out, and I guess uh, I think that's super weird. Yeah, and I'm sure her mother was really excited about yeah. this. Yeah, I could <laughs> well, see. Well, she was. Um, I'm going to run background checks on everybody. Oh, he's been in prison. Okay, let him live in here. <laughs> yeah, right. it's okay. He, she was like 22 at the time, so I don't think she was living at home. Oh, okay. And she mm-hmm. had. Um, she actually had. Oh, I skipped a, a whole paragraph. So at 16. Okay, I'm going to go back and do that. So at at 16, she had a son named Benjamin, and then she gave birth to her daughter, Carmela, three years later. So she had two kids and was living on her own at this point. Okay, so when she was 16, still living at home. Yeah. She, she got pregnant she and had got a boy. She got pregnant, had a boy, and then she had a girl. Three years later. Three years later. So she was 19 at that point. Yeah. She was living on her own. So in okay. 2007, when she was 22, she uh-huh. was already living on her own with her two kids. Okay. Ugh, and so Javon wanted tough. to use her addresses for his home plan. Following Rose, let me just tell you right now. Can I can I interrupt you and tell you something? Yes, please. Um, I don't care how single you are or desperate you are. I would never introduce you as your friend. I would never introduce <laughs> you or set you up with a guy that's in jail and ask like, Lynn, can my friend use your? I just wouldn't even introduce you. This wouldn't even be a topic of conversation. I just met this guy. He seems so nice. <laughs> Rose, he's so sweet, and he can't and won't cheat on you. Guess what? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's in jail. But that's don't worry about that. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah, that. Don't no. worry about it. No. It's fine. She needs new friends. Gemma, Gemma needs some new friends. Right? Exactly. Um, Javon had had a rough childhood and bounced around a lot, but he was in jail for manufacturing and distributing drugs. And so she was like, no, he's changed when he got out. Like, he's great. They had a great relationship. He was saying all the right things. Yeah, right. He had a lot of time to think about this. Exactly. So she, like, felt like she went, she needed to protect him. Like, she was his protector. Gemma. Yeah, Gemma felt like that. Oh, God. Poor Gemma. So 
he just kind of moved into her house. Like oh they never God, really the like established a relationship, like that they were going to have a relationship. He just moved in, and it was like they were together. Which is, yeah, she had two kids, including a little girl, which is just. Well, I mean, they probably were having conversations about. Don't you think? I mean, that's what what she said. She said it never. She said it just kind of happened. Like. He needed a place to stay, and he ended up staying at her house, and then they kind of just fell into a relationship. Oh. They tripped and fell and... Yeah, exactly. I hate when that happens. (laughs) Happens to the best of us. (laughs) So uh, at the time, she was going to the University of Central Missouri, and she he would stay home with her kids. Oh. I know. I'm like... about this. No, it's fine. He doesn't do anything to them. Oh, okay. Well, that is in my story. I don't know that he didn't, but... Um, it's not one of those stories. <laughs> okay, thank God. I know, <laughs> but I mean that's. An, I need a break. I mean from that. an ideal situ- idealish situation, right? I mean, if yeah. you trust him, right? But she thought she could trust him, which I don't know. Don't not a good idea. Don't trust nobody. Don't let no. Don't tell nobody your business. Yeah, exactly. And don't let nobody touch your body. That's and what my nanny said. And she was very smart. Move into your house when you don't know them <laughs> and you have two kids. <laughs> don't give anybody all your money. Let's. I can, I can tell I you all the things I have done that you should never do. <laughs> so um, about four months into the relationship, the police come banging on their door oh, with a God. search warrant. And one of the officers tells her that Javon is a well-known crack cocaine dealer. Oh, Jesus. And so Gemma, like, flips out on him. And she's like, get out of my house right now. Like. What she should she should have expected Preach. that, but yeah. she's like, get out of my house right now. And he grabs her by the throat and squeezes her until he's like choking her, and she couldn't breathe. And Wait, the police were there. This was after oh. they left. She was like, get I was out of like, my what house. What are the police doing? Just watching, <laughs> eating yeah. a fucking donut? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so the police had left, um, and yeah, so she he's like choking her, and he's like, you're never gonna leave me. The only way that you'll ever leave is <sighs> if I kill you. And so that started the abuse. And I'm sure he was... Every time I heard that. Yeah. Abusing... I'm sure he was abusing her before that. But oh, yeah, that was course. like the yeah the incident, you know? Yeah. So she stays with him and agrees to marry him. And <sighs> they moved to Pennsylvania in 2011. So this is six, five, four years later. Okay. Because they met in 2007. Where... I- Oh, where they? Where were they? They were in Missouri. In Missouri, okay. And they moved to Pennsylvania. Okay. Does it say why they moved to Pennsylvania? It didn't. They wanted to be closer to Hershey Park. (laughs) Or were they going exactly why they they moved? Going Amish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's what the story's about. So they they turned Amish. They they got a buggy and they got some horses. (laughs) And they lived happily ever after. Turned up all their power. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he continues to be violent after they get married, of course. And she learns to, you know, just walk on eggshells around him and resist, you know, like she doesn't fight back and just so she doesn't get hurt. Right. And so after five years, she's finally like, I'm leaving. And she takes her kids and moves back to her parents' house in Missouri. Good for her. But he follows her and he convinces her to stay, like to stay with him in the relationship. And so he continues abusing her. I mean, typical abuse story, yeah, right? Right. And um, he, like, at this point, strangles her to the point where she passes out regularly. Oh like, my God, is she? Where? Where are they living? 
Where are they living? It didn't say. I don't know if they're living with her parents yeah, or if okay. um, they're on their own or what. But they're back in Missouri at this yeah. point? Okay. So she didn't want, like, everyone knowing their dirty laundry. So she always pretends everything's fine. Oh, and yeah, she's, course. you know, stays with him. Um, I ran into a doorknob. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He starts using drugs again and he starts, you know, escalating. And he's now locking her in her room, beating her with a belt, um, holding knives and screwdrivers to her neck when he sexually assaults her. Just all the things. And he tells her that he'll kill everyone, everyone that she loves because he has nothing to lose. Like, I mean, typical abuse, like uh, abuse spouse, right? I have one word for her. What? Lorena. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's not enough. (laughs) So in 2017, her Gemma's mother, Margaret, or Peggy... Um, helps her get a temporary restraining order on him, and it bans him from having any contact with her or their family. And so on April 14th, 2017, so this is like a month later, Gemma's alone for the first time in her house since getting the protection order. Mm. And she walks downstairs and finds Javon standing there, and she's like, holy shit. Like, can you imagine her? I totally know this feeling. Yeah. I know this feeling much too well. And it's so scary because I am I can guarantee you in her mind, she's gone through this a million times before it actually happened. Yeah. Of like him being in her house. Right. Or, yeah. And what I would can, you do? And I can guarantee yeah. it had gone through her mind a million times. So he jumps at her and grabs her by the throat and starts dragging her up the stairs by her neck. And as he's going, he's, like, checking all the doors and windows to make sure they're locked and nobody can see inside. And then he, like, like puts her in the room and walks back downstairs. And then he calls her name, like, and tells her, like, Gemma, come downstairs. And he's standing there holding a gun. And he pulls oh the trigger God. and the gun jams. I thought you were going to say it shot him in the head by accident. No. (laughs) And so he gets pissed and he's like trying to fix the gun, like get the gun to work. And um, he comes over and he just hits her in the head with it, like really (sighs) hard. And when he does it, the gun falls to the ground. And so she picks it up and she aims it at him and she's like, just leave, just get out. Like, I don't want to shoot you. Just get out of my house. And he says, no, he won't. So he steps forward, and when he does that, she pulls the trigger and hits him right in his shoulder. And he screams, and he's like, you hit me. And then he lunges forward again and grabs her by her wrist. Like, he has both wrists in his hands. Uh And she still has the gun in her hand. And so at that point, she pulls the trigger again, and he's, like, flinging her around, and then she pulls it again. And when he lands on top of her... She, I, th- I think she hit him both times. She pulled the trigger. Uh-huh. And then she does it again. And then he, they dropped to the ground. And he said, fuck it. We're going to f- die together, bitch. And he, she said he laid his head right next to my head. And he grabbed the back handle, like the butt of the gun, and aimed it towards his left ear. And she just wrapped her finger around the, the gun and pulled the trigger and shot him in the head. Like right here. Like right behind his ear. 
And so he's laying on top of her dead. And so is he thinking it was going to go through both of their heads? I don't know what he was thinking. Like why she said he put he pointed it towards his head. Like that didn't make any sense to me. But who knows? Like, like I'm wondering because he on top of her and had his head on top of hers and was thinking like it's going like to maybe both it'll of our go. Heads. Yeah, yeah, maybe he was thinking that. Yeah, or maybe he didn't realize he was pointing it at his head. Um, maybe, yeah. So at first she thinks she's dead because. Oh my god! She, she was like, I think she kind of like blacked out. You well, know? you also she probably felt the impact, like the right, yeah, because you know, I mean, he was yeah. on top of her, yeah. And then she opens her eyes and she's like, "Okay, I'm not dead." <laughs> so she like rolls him off her, walks downstairs, and calls nine one one. And at that moment, her mom walks into the house. So I guess oh they, I think they, they she, were, was she was living with living. her mom. I can't yeah, believe this. Oh my god! And she hangs up before like the operator answers, and she tells him. Tells her mom, Javon is in the house, and her mom's like, okay, well, we need to call the police. And Gemma says, no, he's dead. And her mom's like, are you sure he's dead? And she's like, he's dead. Like, I'm positive he's dead. And so the phone starts ringing, and they look at the caller ID, and 911 is calling back because she had just called him. Oh, okay. And so Gemma throws the phone to her mom, and she's, like, shaking her head no, like, back and forth, like, don't tell him anything. And so her mom answers the phone, and it's like... I'm sorry to bother you. I made a mistake. Like, we didn't mean to call 911. And the operator says, unfortunately, we're unfortunately we're still going to have to send somebody out. And she's like, that's fine. I understand. So she tells Gemma, she's like, when the cops come, let me tell them that I did this. I've already lived my life. You have children to raise. Aww. Let me tell them that I killed him. And she's like, no, mom, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm not going to let Didn't you take the Didn't he technically kill him? Oh, no, but she wrapped her. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking. I mean, she for sure him. shot him. Yeah. Four times. And her mom, like, had felt so, she talks about how much guilt she felt from the rape, when the rape happened. Yeah. And she asked her not to tell. And she felt like their relationship just fell apart then. Mm. And she felt like she owed it to her. But it's also her kids. So she's trying to protect her, you know? Yeah, but doesn't she have a... Doesn't she have a protective order against him? Uh-huh. So if she shot him, he shouldn't have been there. So I feel like she would get away with shooting him. Yeah, I mean, you I would mean, think. I mean, you would think you'd get away with shooting him just because he's abusive as fuck. Yeah, I mean, you know? like, I feel like being that she's a protective order, like, yeah. it shows that he's violent and everything. And right, so that's true. And so he ends true. up dead, well, that's his fault for being there. He shouldn't have been there to begin with. And And that's possible. But what they do next kind of messes that up. Oh, no. So um, about 45 minutes goes by and the police never come. So her mom, during that time, she's like, okay, we can deal with this. Like, we, we can take care of it. We can get away with it. So they call, they call their friend Ricky Armstrong to get rid of the body. And he comes over and helps them take care of the body. He's some, like, drug dealer or something they know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I know. Um, do you have somebody you can call if you need no. to get rid of a body? No. Mm, just you. <laughs> I'm not helping you then. You see that meme where it's like. Yeah. Why um, does it always have to involve getting rid of a body or yeah, something? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm not helping you dig a hole. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I'll help dig- you get rid of the body, but I'm not helping you dig the hole. <laughs> Could you imagine having to dig a hole that deep? There's no way. That would take days. I mean. I'm too forever. lazy. And then if it's like winter, it'd be frozen. Yeah. Brown, no, thanks. And, oh, nope. God. So on April 20th, 2017, police got an anonymous tip saying that Javon's body was buried in the farm, which was a drug spot that was about 20 miles from Gemma's house. So the police fly a helicopter over the area um, and they find like a bunch of 
freshly dug sites and they go out there and one of the individuals living or that was on the I, I don't know what this farm is I couldn't find information mm-hmm. about it but there were people there apparently and one of the people there um, led the officers to where he was buried what? And that's weird right I'm like I wonder if they, they were the, the ones that called the, like a bunch of freshly dug sites I'm like okay is that like multiple bodies did they check the other places that's really weird <laughs> Then they just find his body and we're like, okay, we'll take this one. We're good. We're good. We don't need to check all these other places. Like, why were there a bunch of freshly dug holes? Um, So they dig up his body and it's wrapped in a white tarp and tied with a rope. And he had been shot four times with a twenty-two caliber semi-automatic pistol. That same day, Gemma confessed to the shooting and was charged with the murder. She was 31 years old. Oh, no. She pled not guilty to voluntary manslaughter with the defense of battered spouse syndrome. Yep. And once she confesses, Peggy is charged with abandonment of a corpse and the destruction of evidence. Um, Peggy receives a five-year suspended sentence and serves 30 days in jail. Ricky was charged with tampering with evidence by helping dispose of the victim's body and was sentenced in 2018, August 2018, to probation. Which seems kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Like he helped get rid of the body. Yeah. I wonder if he like ratted other people out or something since he was. Well, yeah. I mean, being that he was like a, yeah, who knows? Yeah. He made some other kind of weird deal. So Gemma's trial began in November of 2018. She was charged with second degree murder, additional charges of armed criminal action, abandonment of a corpse, unlawful use of a weapon, concealing a felony and tampering with evidence. And they were going to use the battered spouse defense. I don't know what concealing a felony is. Oh, because they murdered him and then hit his body. Yeah. Okay. So the state-appointed forensic examiner for Gemma's case explained how battered spouse syndrome works. They look for the cycle of violence. Part one is the tension-building phase, where you start seeing the perpetrator of the abuse becoming triggered by either you or the environment around them. The second phase is the acute or crisis phase. That is when the violence occurs. And... After that, it's the honeymoon phase when the batterer promises to never let it happen again. And mm-hmm. then the cycle continues yeah. and starts over again. God. So Gemma talks about this incident where they were in a hotel room and Javon raped and sodomized her. And afterwards, he calls his friend and like right in front of her and is like laughing and making jokes saying like, oh, how long is it going to take her to stop bleeding because she was bleeding from her rectum. And he was, like, joking with his friend about oh. it on the phone. And, like, I'm like, what the kind of, fuck kind of friend is that, you know? I mean, good God, arrest both of them. Oh, that's so weird. People are suck. So the um, forensic examiner, Lisa, I didn't write her last name down. Just Lisa. Lisa. She says, you know, calling and bragging about beating a woman, it's either a twisted call for somebody to come intervene or it's truly despicable. It's truly someone who believes that they have done what's right and taken what's theirs. I am surprised that Gemma made it as long as she did and that she is alive at the end of this story. Had he not come to the house that day, I don't think he would have stopped pursuing her. She meets all of the factors that we look for and that research has shown is tied to a woman who becomes a battered spouse. Okay. And this is what Rob Russell, the attorney who prosecuted Gemma, had to say. Get ready to get irritated. Oh, God. Or, sorry, get ready to get pissed off. To my knowledge, 
battered spouse as a defense has not yet been successful in Missouri. It's been here a while, but it has not really ever been a successful defense. Okay, come on. But the question wasn't whether or not she suffered from battered spouse syndrome. It was whether or not she used deadly force justifiably under the circumstances. A slap to the face doesn't justify someone shooting someone. How about choking them to the point where they're dead, almost right. dead? Like, how fucking cruel are you, How about holding a gun dude? to their face? Right. How about beating the shit out it of them? It wasn't a slap to her face. How about violating a protective order? I was order? so oh mad. when. Don't you feel like rage and he goes on i hope when he got home his wife slapped him across oh, no, the face no shit. or held a gun to his head yeah really and he goes on to say well her story doesn't match up with the injuries suffered by mr donahue there were four bullets in his body one is in his sh- shoulder one is through his jaw one is in the back of his head and one is underneath his chin straight up the shot to the back of the head would have been a fatal shot the shot underneath the chin was a, was a fatal shot His jaw would have been broken in such a way that he would not have been able to talk to her and tell her that he loved her in his Romeo and Juliet moment. They were both going to die together. That didn't happen because he couldn't talk. So I don't think the jury really bought into that she was acting in self-defense. Certainly, people try to hide evidence of homicide. And certainly, hiding the body tends to give you the impression that the person who's doing that has a guilty conscience. If they had accepted the self-defense argument from Miss Donahue, she would have been found completely not guilty. But insta- instead, they found her guilty of manslaughter. Unbelievable. Do you not want to, like, kill this guy? What a jackass. Well, I don't want to kill him, but I want to hurt him. Yeah, I want to poke his eyes out. I want to rip What his... a disgusting piece of shit. It's so ridiculous. Like, what? I mean, like... And I think that that situation, I feel like he's just like one of those like cocky guys. It's like, I don't care what I have to do. I just want to win. Right. And exactly. he's not even talking. He's not even thinking about the shit that she's been through. Oh, no, not at all. Like, did he not even consider the fact that the guy broke the protective order and was right. in her house? Right. So she, he was in her house where he wasn't welcome, one, and, and two, where he legally was not allowed to be. So and he, he was trespassing. You can, you can kill somebody with this, in your house. Right. So she doesn't even have to have a reason why she killed him. And he's him. saying that she didn't act in self-defense. Like, what the fuck was she supposed to do? Just let, I mean. No, she was supposed to be dead. Right. And then it would have been and like. And then it would yeah. have been somebody else's problem. No, this, not he's just one of those jackass, like, fucking men that just wants to, or people, not even just men, that just has to always be right and right. win. He doesn't give a shit about, yeah. Rob Russell, I hope you. Yeah, he absolutely. Piece of shit. Um, so ultimately, she was convicted of involuntary manslaughter and sentenced to 10 years in prison in January of 2019, mm-hmm. which I think is way too much. Like two years would have been good. You know I what I mean? Even... Like she shouldn't even go to prison because she the... was protecting herself. Yeah. The only reason it when they hid the body that made it. Right. It took it a different to a different yeah. level. But I still think she shouldn't have. Then that's why much. I say like a couple years because they shouldn't have done that. But I mean, what the fuck are you going to do? You know? So after the trials, Peggy talked about how much um, she had changed as a parent and how she realized that being a helicopter mom over an adult was wrong. Mm -hmm. She realized that her kids are adults and they need to solve their own problems and she doesn't need to fix everything. Um, She said that she learned a lot about accountability and the importance of it in order for a person to learn from their mistakes. Mm -hmm. And she also talked about how much Gemma had changed um, for the better while being in prison. Gemma is taking advantage of all the different programs that prison offers, and she sees it as, like, a rehab. 
She says uh, that she also has learned accountability and that her choices were wrong. And she says, it's a really hard situation to to decide whose life is more important. Or do you take the chance of fighting for your life? I hate the fact that I have to wake up every day and know that I took someone's life. And on top of that, it was someone's life whom I loved. I admire what my mother risked in helping me and trying to save me. She threw everything away. And honestly, I probably would do it for my children as well. I mean, not go about it like that, but we do what we need to do to protect and save our babies. Mm. This time in our life is almost over, and I see all good days ahead for us. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, her kids are going to be grown by the time she gets out. How old were they when she went Well, that was—she went away in—that was in 2017 that happened. So she would have been—and she was—it was— do the math, Rose. Do she the had math. them at 16, which would have been... 16 tw- and 2001. So they would have been 16. Yeah. The boy would have been 16 and the th- daughter would have been 13. Oh, my gosh. They're totally going to be adults by the time yeah. she gets out. That's so sad. And those are, like, really important years you need your mom. Mm. So I hope her kids are doing well wherever they are. Yeah. I don't know where... It didn't say much about them, where they, where they live or who took them in. I feel like her mom would have, for sure. But who knows? I mean, if she was, like... Well, her physically or help, yeah. you know, like able. I mean, it's probably not a good idea if her mom takes them in, but well, I mean, it, it doesn't has, seem like their dad was involved. So Yeah, I mean, I feel like there was like, based on the story, there wasn't really anybody else in her yeah. life, unless she had siblings or something that... Yeah, her she had two brothers, so I don't know if they could have done anything. Yeah. I don't it's know. It's so sad, It though. is sad, because she, I mean, she literally had no choice. It was him or her, and she had to kill him. And I just don't, like... I do wonder what would have happened if she didn't. They didn't hide the body, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree because he was in a place where he was legally not allowed to be. Right. Like even if he was, even if they didn't have a protective order and he showed up there and wasn't allowed to be there based on her parents, you know, story and yeah, her right. story, she still could in some in some states still could have shot him to yeah, protect herself. That's true. But the fact that she had a protective order should have totally negated any of the right that's what i don't understand her shooting him because obviously it wasn't her gun and i don't know why she got 10 years like that seems so much hiding of it is probably the main thing yeah but it's so sad she doesn't deserve that at all it sucks yeah and so it said she was who was she she was oh shoot she was charged with involuntary manslaughter and the felony the um the felony thing where you said it like yeah but i wanted to see what she was actually like charged with what year is she supposed to get out well she was oh involuntary mans it just says involuntary manslaughter um she was sentenced in january t- 2019 but i don't know if the 10 years like you know how jail is yeah well does it's it like, start does, yeah does it start the two years like when she went in on in 2017 like does she get time served i feel like you do and then also, sure, is it like she can parole in like yeah, three years like or whatever? Five you know? or eight years yeah. or something, depending on how crowded the prisons are and stuff. So she was on the show, um, I Am a Killer. I think it's on Netflix. And it has like, it's people in prison and they're talking about like people I they murdered. I watched, um, I watched a little bit of it and I just used the transcripts for my story. but. Oh. Um, I watched like the first episode. It was somebody else, and I I couldn't get into it because oh, they're okay. just like sitting there talking. And yeah. I don't know. I couldn't get into it. But 
Um, I did use the transcripts because I started watching and I was like, I can't do this. Just sitting there talking like us and you couldn't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. You ready for some dinner? I am ready for some dinner. Me too. All right. We'll be back. We're back. We're back. Full bellies. What is it? Full hearts. Full bellies. Full bellies. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't remember. That was from Friday Night Lights. Full hearts. Happy hearts. Full bellies. No. No. no full bellies. It's something about hearts. <laughs> eyes. I don't know. Anyway, so I just totally <laughs> annihilated that saying. So we're back. You ready to hear about my lady? I am. Okay. She was known as the Queen of Cocaine, oh. La Madrina, and the Black Widow, amongst some other names. Oh, you already did a Black Widow. I know. Isn't that funny? You can choose any name you'd like, but know one thing. Standing only, standing only five feet tall, Griselda Blanco was one of the most merciless drug kingpins known to the world. Even though she had many aliases, she was a fearless badass. So Griselda Blanco rest. Trepo, Restrepo, was born in Cartagena, Colombia, on February 15, 1943. Her family moved to Madalina, I know. It's going to be a long story. To Madalina, Madalina, I'm sorry, when she was a child. Her mother was an alcoholic, and she and her boyfriends were abusive which caused Griselda to fall into a life of crime and prostitution at a young age. Oh, boy. She ran away from home by the age of 16 to escape the abuse, including sexual abuse, from her mother's boyfriend. Oh, I bet. She was very poor, and around the age of 11, she helped kidnap a boy from a wealthy family. When the family didn't pay the ransom in a timely manner, she shot him right in the head. Oh, my God. She was 11. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> In 1960, when she was still a teenager, she married her first husband, Carlos Trejo. He was a small-time criminal, and they had three sons, Dixon, Uber, <laughs> and, and Osvaldo. Osvaldo. The marriage ended in 1969. It was said that she ordered his murder several, several, several years later. Hence the Black Widow. All three of her sons ended up being killed in Colombia after serving time in prison and then being deported from Colombia, which I don't understand how they were deported from Colombia, but that confused me a little bit. Um, I read that in two different articles, too. Her street, smart and, street smarts and ruthlessness helped her rise to the top level rapidly with Colombia's famous medallion cartel, which was responsible for moving Colombian cocaine throughout the United States, specifically to New York, Miami, and South oh, Cal Southern California. Sounds... Yeah. This was like back in the 70s and 80s when the drugs like were nuts. Yeah, right. Miami like was turned upside down by the drug really? industry back then. Yeah. It was because she was the only female in a male-dominated business that drove her to become the ruthless person she was. She was said to be one of the one of the most ruthless, violent drug dealers in the business. It was very well known that she created the drive-by motorcycle shooting. Apparently, it was so bad how often this was happening in, in Colombia, the motorcycles drive-by motorcycle shootings, that there was a law set made 
that two people cannot ride a motorcycle anywhere near a governmental building. Are you it's serious? It's a law in Columbia because of this. Yeah. Wow. So a uh, motorcycle drive-by is just here on a motorcycle and you sh- Somebody's in the back it. and is shooting while the person... Oh, that's I mean, a good you figure idea. it's probably a lot easier to get away in a motorcycle than it is in a car, right? Like, because yeah. you can weave in and out But and you're stuff. also like... I guess if they're not expecting you, they're not going to shoot back. Yeah. I mean, you're gone by the time they realize what's going on, if you think about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah they're not They're not expecting you. So you're just like, shoot them up, get out. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try that. You're going to try that? <laughs> <laughs> my motorcycle and all my guns. There you go. You have a bike, don't you? <laughs> it's the same. There you go. Just rent a scooter. <laughs> Griselda was known for her creative ways to smuggle cocaine. She used men, women, children, and senior citizens. Basically, everyone was a pawn and was forced to help the godmother struggle drugs into the country. Struggle drugs? I say struggle, <laughs> smuggle. <laughs> Sorry. So she, um, she, her, her own kids, she made her own kids drug mules. Oh and my so God. That, that's probably why they ended up going to jail. Doesn't surprise me since she had such a fucked up childhood. Yeah. She carefully selected Colombian women she could trust as mules. She trained them to flaunt their sexuality. They dressed attractively, flirting their way through customs and immigration. Any suspicions were dismissed by a simple seductive smile. That's These how I smugg- get away with things. That me too. Me too. <laughs> These smugglers were free to walk right onto flights headed for the U.S. The mules were using undergarments designed and manufactured by Griselda. She made a special corsets. She made special corsets so the women could hide the drugs around their breasts, making it impossible to determine that there was not simply large. They were not simply just large breasts, but small breasts being pushed up by mounds of cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I need, Lynn. Yeah, there you go. You need a cocaine corset. (laughs) She also smuggled drugs across the border by hiding them in dog crates. That was another thing she did. Yeah. Another name associated with drug dealing and violence was Pablo Escobar. You've heard of him. Yes. Okay. Some say she taught him everything she knew, like that he was her, you know, oh. um, what's it called? Protégé. Um, however, many other people stated uh, that that was totally inaccurate, that the two had engaged in bloody war constantly. Really? To be on top. Yeah. Oh, wow. In the early 1970s, she began a relationship with Alberto Bravo, a drug trafficker who soon became her second husband. She noticed large amounts of money missing not long. Alberto. Yep. And she suspected Alberto was stealing from her. They had split up. Cut his fingers off. And they had had (laughs) split up and then they were getting back together and that's when she noticed the money missing. They were standing in a nightclub in 1975 in Colombia when shots rang out and Alberto and six of his bodyguards were shot to death. Holy shit. However, Griselda walked away with a minor gunshot wound to the stomach. Like seven people died standing right next to you and you don't die? Mm, yeah, that's suspicious. suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. She wasted no time moving on from the death of her second husband. She began a relationship with Dario... Sep, Sep Oliva, and they and they together had a son. It was said that she was a huge movie buff and named her son Michael Corleone. Do you know who that's from? So his brother's Uber and he's Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Uber. <laughs> so the, her fourth son. Wait, what does that mean? Michael Sorry. Corleone was the main character in the movie The Godfather. She's oh, a big was movie he? Buff. Okay. Yeah. I've never watched that. I know. <laughs> Rose, come on. 
God damn it. Oh, I got a disappointment on your face. <laughs> watch it. In 1983, Dario left Griselda and kidnapped their son, Michael, after a heated custody argument between the couple. She wanted full custody of Michael and was going to teach Dario a lesson. Oh. I'd be really afraid of her. <laughs> no shit. She paid for his assassination in Colombia and Michael came home to his mother. <laughs> she was like, you will die. So this would be husband number three. All three dead. Oh, she killed him? She definitely, it doesn't say that she killed her second husband, but she suspected him of steal him of steal. The first husband she definitely killed. Yeah. I mean, she talks, they talk about that. The second husband, she suspected him of stealing. And then he died. And then he mysteriously died while he, she was talking to him. So she knew where he was going to be. Right. And she didn't get injured when seven people within, you know, arms length right. of her got yeah, shot. Yeah. And then her third husband, she assassinated oh, him wow. because he took their son. In the mid-1970s, Blanco left Colombia to live in New York. At this time in her life, she was running what she thought was a fine-oiled machine of moving drugs into the U.S. Her name and drug ring rose to the top quickly. The U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, was on her trail as part of a wide-ranging investigation termed or named Operation Banshee. In 1975, after authorities intercepted a report, a reported 150 kilograms of cocaine. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, she and more than 30 of her partners were indicted on federal drug conspiracy charges. Before they could capture her, she fled to Colombia. It wasn't long, though, before she moved back to the United States, at this time settling in Miami. So apparently Miami was like, you know, like a lot of old people and like beach people. Yeah. And um, there was like... But then this, when the drug wars started, it turned into, like, gunfire, like, gangs. Really? It was insane. And then, like, the the drug lords went in, were, like, buying, building massive mansions and dropping crazy amounts of money. And, like, gangs and nightclubs were, like, like riddled with drugs. Yeah. And, and the drug lords were, like, you know, had their table. It was yeah, just, like, right. this whole, it was just crazy. Um, like, um, what is that movie? Seven Scarface. Oh, no, I was thinking Seven Brides for Seven one? Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. No, the one with um, God, this drink's good. Brad Pitt. Oh my God, what is it called? There's like Ocean's Eleven. Oh, what? don't they? Don't they like? Isn't there a bunch of drug stuff in that? I don't remember. I don't know. I've probably never even seen that movie. <laughs> oh my god, Rose! <laughs> wah, wah. I think it is. I think they go into a casino and like steal all the money, and well, they're like just sitting around doing drugs. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like all the movies you see, like that's Scarface. What I'm yeah. And that, yeah, it's like that. Just basically everything I've read is ex- that's exactly how it was, and like the houses and the the bars and the clubs, and the, it was just insane. But before that, it was like this place where old people were and like beach people. Yeah, and right. It just became like insanely dangerous. The cops couldn't had no control over the city. It was crazy. I should have lived back then. Yeah. I would have been a good drug lord. I would have too. No, you wouldn't. I know I wouldn't either. So when she wasn't committing mass murder and selling large quantities of cocaine, La Madrina was also known to throw some wild parties, girl. Speaking of the drug scene in Miami. Uh, her parties were filled with drug dealers, prostitutes, and then plenty of drugs to follow. All right. 
Um, but just to let you know, La Madrina, Madrina, if I'm saying it correctly, I'm so sorry if I'm not saying it correctly. It translates to the godmother. It sounds like you're saying Lama. La Madrina. La I think madrina. it's like okay. La Madrina or something. Okay. Madr- ma- I think it's like there's a little, I don't know. I can't do I it though. I thought you were calling her a llama. A llama? Llama. La no. Madrina. La Madrina. <laughs> la Madrina. Okay. The story goes that she got this nickname after the godmother, after she killed one of her enemies and shouted, I'm the fucking godmother. Oh boy. Yeah. After she killed somebody, she did that. That's how she got the name. Wow, she sounds intense. She was I would all, be so scared. Of oh my god! Can you, and she's only five feet tall too. She was like it, it, her pictures give me a little chill. She's a little, little scary. Could you? I wouldn't even want to be I in mean, jail her with her. Childhood was probably fucking right. crazy, I mean, they, and they were tr- insanely poor. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, she, so. and it was probably like horrible, horrible, horrible. Well, yeah, I mean, they and say so she that, probably has no feelings. So I did read, you know, like her mom abused her, her mother was an alcoholic, her father, her um, mother's boyfriends abused her, and then the, one boyfriend sexually abused her. But also in one of the government files or whatever, they were the prosecutor had said um, that don't believe anything she says because it's it's all like she just makes shit up to get oh, sympathy. Really? So I'm like. Yeah, what do you believe? Yeah, so, um, you know, I read this, I read, everything I read, I read in more than, like, one place. I read it at least two or three places before I put it in here, so. Um, So, she I mean, it had to have been rough for her to be like that. Well, I mean, she just. She wasn't, like, living a normal childhood. Yeah, she was 11 years old and killed a, a toddler. Like another kid. She shot him in the head. That's crazy. Like, she has, that has to be, like, she either had. A screw loose when she was born or she was, you know, her screws were unloosened by the fucking yeah, by the upbringing. Yeah. yeah. So as I said, she was bisex. She was said to be bisexual and to have orgies with strippers and later have them executed for her own amusement. <laughs> I do that every night. I would. I just. I don't, I don't know how many. My enjoyment would be like, life. oh, I you strippers are at my party. Thanks for being here. Can I make you some dinner? Not can I shoot you in the head? <laughs> When she started using her own product, she became crazier and crazier. She had reportedly gained a lot of weight and started making men and women have sex with her at gunpoint. So this confuses me a little bit. So if she was dealing with cocaine and she wouldn't have been gaining weight. You don't doing cocaine. If you're doing cocaine, you don't eat. So unless maybe there are other drugs she was doing or something. I don't know. But it's just the only thing I can think of is she was smoking and drinking, smoking weed and drinking. Right, but that's so when thing, she started using her own, I can think of that's going to make you gain weight. Right. Well, they so she said she started using her own product, and she was dealing maybe with cocaine. Was, but maybe she was growing weed. Could be, could be, because I mean, Colombia is known for its weed too. So she could have been doing both, oh, yeah. but cocaine being the most um, primary thing. So following, and that would really suck. Nobody else have sex with you anymore, so you have to do it at gunpoint. That would really suck. I know how how big did she get? Or she, they no, she was not that her? big. Was it just well, the thing is, she's five feet tall, so she could gain ten pounds, yeah, and it's right. like most people gaining like yeah. thirty because but she was were, so short. They didn't want to have sex with her because she gained weight, or because she was scary. Uh, probably both. <laughs> people are probably afraid. Um, so, following years of investigation, she was arrested by federal agents. She was arrested and linked to three murders, and in 1985, she was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Oh wow. While in prison, she was still running her drug operation and ordering executions. You can't say she wasn't dedicated to her job now, can you? 
crazy. She managed to do that. She managed to do it for 19 years while she was in, in jail. Prison? And wow. He, after watching Orange is the New Black, you could totally see she was one of those like crazy like like people that walk through the yard and everybody followed her. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right, like a yeah. cut, oh, she scares the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely know, ma'am. While sitting in jail, she also came up with a great plot to get her freedom. Do you want to know what she her idea was, Rose? Yeah. She wanted the cartel to kidnap JFK Jr. <laughs> and use him as a bargaining chip for her freedom. Fortunately, nothing ever came of that. I mean, that's never going to work. <laughs> I don't know. They smart, had so she? much power and money back then. It, yeah. it was crazy. So she, it, you know, probably was. I went feel to like her head. kidnapping plots like that are always so stupid. Yeah. Because that's never going to like. No. 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 They're not going to be like, oh, OK, we'll give you. Yeah. It's not like kidnapping, you know, a rich person's kid. Right. It's definitely different. So nobody knows officially how many people Griselda killed, but it was a very high number, like. As, well, I'll tell you later. It was alleged she killed a two-year-old boy when she ordered a hit on her enemy, Jesus Chuco Castro. So Jesus Castro, I guess. Um, he was the intended target, but his boy was in the car with him, and he was the one shot in the head. Aww. She had no problem with the two-year-old being the victim of her murder because she had planned on killing Chuco, Chucho. And she said, now they're even. Oh, my God. It's so sad. It's disgusting. She just had no feeling. Like, she was just. Yeah. While serving her 20 years in prison, she became a born-again Christian. And I'm like, so for night, she was in prison for 20 years. She continued her drug business for 19 years. So she became a born-again Christian, what, in the one year or while she was still selling drugs? she was still selling drugs. Um, After her release in 2004... She was deported to Colombia and lived in uh, Medellin. In 2012, her past caught up with her rose. She was gunned down by a drive-by motorcycle shooting. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, how the tides have changed. At the age of 69, she had a Bible in her hand. Really? Yeah, she did. She's rumored to have sold billions of dollars in cocaine, and her net worth was said at the peak of her career to be worth $2 million back in the 80s. That was a lot of money. Yeah, right. Well, it's a lot of money now, too, to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to me it would be. So her son, Michael Corleone, um, is was on a reality show called Cartel Crew. And it was about the children of various cartel members. And he was one of the stars on the show. Really? Isn't that funny? So when he's still alive out? now. I don't know. I, I, I'll look it up and see. I really want to see it now. Because I want to see. I know. But she was like, so obviously there's not anything really from her sons that I read. Um, um, there's not many things about the her youngest, her older three sons. But her youngest son talks about how she was like a very affectionate and loving and protective mother. Really? And he, she would cook for him and take care of him. Like just, you know, just wow. was a great mother. Um, let's see. Is, is it still on? American reality television series that premiered on VH1 on January 7, 2019. Um, oh, it's, it, it's, it's the last season was in 2021. It's funny that she was like such a good mother, but she could easily like kill someone else's child. Yeah. Like, I like, feel I'd, like as a mother, you're usually more like sensitive about that. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So Michael Blanco is one of the. Um, Interesting. 
one of the stars. What's it called? He well, he went. He goes by Michael Blanco in this instead of I guess because he wants to have her name in his in his name. Um, this is him. Oh shit! I almost knocked over my drink. <laughs> he looks like a drug lord, yeah, doesn't he? he? Does. Yeah, I, I, I would like to just see his, like, mannerisms and stuff. Right. Um, to yeah, see that'd be cool like. to watch. His mother was one of the most feared drug lords in Colombia's Medellin uh, cartel. And for the first time, he's sharing his story in the small screen. Uh, he said, a lot of people might say that I go above and beyond to humanize my mother. But no matter what, my mother was, a, was my mother, he tells people. She gave me milk from her breast. She took care of me. <laughs> Yeah, was she doing coke when she gave me milk from her breast? I know. Um, like, yeah, it's very weird. So was she the same to her other kids? Um, I, It doesn't really talk about how she was. Well, she made them be drug mules for her. I don't know if she ever made Michael so be a drug she, mule. if she felt guilty and was, like, good to Michael because she was bad mother to the other one. I mean, the other sons died after they got out of the prison, so I feel like they lived to be, like, adults and everything. Oh, but they all died? But they, yeah, all three of them died. I said Holy that. Shit. Yeah, all three of them died after they got out of prison. Oh my god! And I wonder if that was like somebody trying to get at her, or oh, maybe yeah. Um, because remember, I said they got it said they got deported from Colombia, and I was really confused yeah, about that. Right. But the thing is, is that so when she and her husband, well, her first husband she met and was married to in in Colombia, so they would have been born in Colombia. So I don't understand how they got deported. And where was she born? She was born in Colombia. Yeah, how do you get deported from your own country? That's what I didn't where understand. Did you, where did they deport you to? Because I was like, she when she her second husband and she moved to New York and and were running the drug yeah. business. So the first husband though, the kids were born there. That's so I didn't mean. understand yeah. that. That's why remember I said I don't understand how they were deported. Yeah. Um, so this says that she was estimated to have killed over two hundred people. Um, but that's like literally like. What they know. You think right. about how many people she killed. Right, and they don't know about it. Um, yeah. He says, let's just say that for 33 years of my life, I was a criminal, he says. When I got that phone call and I knew that my mother was dead, I realized that our previous cartel lifestyle was completely over. I had to make a choice right then and there. I had to evolve and become a different person in order to break that tie so my children wouldn't have to live the life I lived, he continues. It wasn't easy, and until this day, it's very hard for me because I was mommy's boy. I was a mama's boy. He said I was mommy's boy. My mother was my best friend, and my brothers were my best friends. So he remembers his brothers. I guess I understood once all my loved ones had passed away that it was time to just forget about it completely. And I don't understand. Um, Now he has a clothing line. Um, But what I don't understand is that how he got away with it one and two how he was able to walk away right like um how did how do you just walk away from that yeah because he's well she was the head of the cartel so maybe that was how he could that's the only thing i can figure yeah because who's gonna kill him yeah but his you know his brothers all died doing what his mom you know like mewling for his mother so it's just so sad it is sad god so if you think you have a shitty life I know. Listen to these two stories. Yes. And, you'll and then you'll think, you oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, not so bad after all. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So don't forget, we would love your feedback on um, and, re- and uh, we'd love I'm sorry. We would love you to re- rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Um, and subscribe. And subscribe to our podcast. Hit the little plus button. The little plus button. Plus, plus, plus. And then it tells you, then a little thing pops up on your phone that says, guess what? New episode from Lynn and Rose. You can drop everything and listen. Whoop, whoop. Share. I'm challenging you again. Challenging you again to share with one person this week, even though you guys didn't do it last week. Um, <laughs> and I'm giving you all F's Come for on, it. guys. She's going to keep it up every <laughs> week until you do it. So again, follow us on um, at where Arky Burky Gong, <laughs> where No Ordinary Women Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and No Ord Women Pod, O R D Women Pod on the Twitter, which I'm not on very much, but I am posting on Insta Face and the TikTok. So please give us, and I'm going to post a little tor- tu- tutorial, tutorial. A tor- tut- tutorial. <laughs> tutorial on how yeah. to follow and rate the podcast because some people might not know how. Yeah. So. Your grandma. Until grandma. next week, y'all. All right, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.